When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to the E2C Network, where the Auburn family speaks. Hello and welcome to War Horses, the only college equestrian podcast with previews of each conference tournament. I'm your host, Auburn Elvis. Let's talk about some college equestrian. Now it's tournament time and I'm going to tell you what you can expect in each of the upcoming conference tournaments. But before I do that, there's a conference tournament that happened this past weekend that I need to catch you up on. All of the single-discipline teams play in the Eastern College Athletic Conference, so in order to save on travel costs, they split into two tournaments, one up north in New Hampshire and the other down south in Virginia. Now, in the south region, Sweetbriar was the one seed, and they faced the four-seed Bridgewater. You'll recall that uh, Bridgewater actually, well, sort of, almost, but didn't quite uh, defeat Sweetbriar in the regular season. Well, in this one, um, let's see how this went. The, each team got two points in fences, and that made it 2-2 two to two at the half, and uh, they only rode four on four riders in this one. And then over on the flat, Sweetbriar won that one 3-1, to one, and that made the final score 5-3. to three. So with that, the Vince, Vixens beat them again and advanced um, uh, into the finals, and the Eagles went down into the consolation meet. Uh, boy, it's really fast to recap these four-on-four single-discipline meets. <laughs> anyway, in the other semifinal, we had two-seed Lynchburg going up against three-seed Suwannee. Now, these two teams did not meet in the regular season, but I think most people figured Lynchburg would win. Well, as things turned out, the team split the points in fences 2-2, two to two, and so then over we went over to the flat. Uh, here, Suwannee got the better of things. They won 3-1. to one. So they took the whole meet 5-3. to three. So that means that the Tigers advance. They go on and they're going to play uh, uh, Sweetbriar on the next day. And then the Hornets go into the Constellation meet against Bridgewater. So on we go. Let's talk about the Constellation meet. Uh, back in the fall, these two teams met. Um, Lynchburg beat Bridgewater 4-3. to three, Sorry, 5-3. to three. And then on Saturday, history repeated itself. Uh, the Hornets won fences 3-1. to one, And then the team split uh, flat two to two, making the final score five to three. Uh, interestingly enough, the last ride of the meet uh, by Lynchburg was a seventy-eight point five, and she beat her opponent who had a seventy-eight. And if that had gone the other way, Bridgewater would have actually won the meet. They would have had a four-four tie, and they would have won the tiebreaker. And the funny thing is, that exact same situation happened when these two teams met the first time. In that one. Uh, The two scores came down to the final ride, and that one was like 66.5 to a 65. And, uh, you know, if Bridgewater had gotten that one, they would have won on a tiebreaker. So Bridgewater is getting just a tiny little bit closer to Lynchburg, but they're not quite caught up to him yet. So anyway, on we go to the championship meet of this tournament. Uh, Sweetbriar was the favorite. Uh, They actually, back in the regular season, they beat Swanee 7-1 last month. That was at home, just like this one was. Well, Sweetbriar, they swept the whole dang meet. (laughs) They're just good, y'all. Everybody on their team got a point, so there you go. 
Um, eight to nothing. Uh, Sweetbriar is now the South Region champion, which effect- effectively I think makes them the conference champion because they've beaten everybody uh, except I don't think they've ridden against Dartmouth, uh, which is over in the North Region. So you know maybe if Dartmouth wins all of that, they can sort of claim that they're co-champions with Sweetbriar, but that's a bit of a long shot because Sweetbriar is really good. Um, they haven't lost any to any of single discipline teams, so yeah, there you go. Uh, but we'll talk about that tournament when we get down into the upcoming conference tournaments uh, after this break. And in this break, Kyle is going to tell you about how you can join the E2C Booster Club. And be sure to notice how his voice cracks when he says the word perks. Hey, Auburn fans, I want to take a quick time out from this episode to bring your attention to something very special. Here at the E2C Network, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best content for Auburn fans out there. And best of all, it's free to you. But just because it's free doesn't mean there aren't costs, especially when you have a library of hundreds of podcasts, videos, blogs, and more. Many of you have reached out and asked how you can support this network in the past. Well, now I have your answer. It's called the E2C Network Booster Club over at patreon.com slash E2C Network. There you'll find a membership monthly reward system where you can sign up for as little as $1 and get different perks at different tiers. Some of those perks include things such as apparel, eligibility to join us on future podcasts, recognition as an E2C network booster, exclusive communications, and bonus content that is available nowhere else. If you love this network and want to help us keep producing podcasts like this one, please head on over to patreon.com slash E2C Network to join the E2C Network Booster Club. You can also get there by going to our website, e2cnetwork.com slash support. Whether you decide to join or not, we are still so appreciative that you would support us by just listening and being here because each and every one of you is part of our E2C Network family. Well, that's it. Timeout's over. Let's get back into the episode. Now, let's talk about the conference tournaments that have not happened yet. So, we're going to go ahead and we'll go ahead and get the other single discipline tournament out of the way uh, since we just covered the South Region one. Up in the North, they have three teams, Sacred Heart, Dartmouth, and SUNY New Paltz. But instead of seeding themselves and just playing a three-team tournament, they decided to go ahead and do a round-robin situation where every team is going to play the other two, and then they'll just compare records. And the team with the best record in that tournament is their North Region champion. But I'm not sure how that's going to work, because these teams are very close, very close to one another in terms of talent, and they may all go one and one, and then things would have to be decided by a whole bunch of tiebreakers. In my preview article, I picked SUNY New Paltz because I think they're slightly better in the regular season. I have them ranked higher. Um, But really, who knows? Dartmouth is the host school, so that might give them the edge. And then again, Sacred Heart is really just as good as the other two, so maybe they're going to win. But I will say that um, while I'm not sure who uh, is the best team, I can tell you this is not how I would have arranged just the whole ECAC tournament situation by splitting it into two like this. When you step back and look at how this season went, basically you had Sweetbriar and Lynchburg. Those were the two best teams, pretty much undeniably. And then you had all the other teams, five other teams, and they were all pretty equal. So what I think they should have done was just go ahead and have a big seven-team tournament. And what that would have done is it, it would have been a lot simpler for the NCEA selection committee to pick which two teams besides Sweetbriar and Lynchburg 
are going to end up going into the national championship. Because again, those two teams are pretty much in. It's, it's a guarantee. But what's really at stake are those other two spots in the national championship, because there's only four spots. And so what you would have done with a seven-team tournament is the NCAA could have just sat back and just watched and see how the whole tournament went. And whichever two teams that were not Sweetbriar and Lynchburg that did the best in that tournament, you just invite them and there there you go. But now what you're going to have is you're going to have a northern region champion that will not be Sweetbriar or Lynchburg. And I guess you're going to have to take them because they are a tournament champion, uh, uh, you know, by title at least. And so then that brings up the question, well, who's that fourth team going to be? Now, I think that Suwannee made a really good case down in the South region uh, this past weekend as to why they should get an invite. But because of the round, re- the round robin situation, there is going to be a second team in the North that will not be the champion, and that second team will have a one-in-one tournament record. Because again, you know, they're each playing each other twice, or I'm sorry, one time each. And so, yeah, somebody's, the winner is going to either be one-in-one, or the winner will be two-and-zero, and that means that the second place team will be one-in-one. And then that third team will either be 1-1 one one if the other two are 1-1, one one, or they'll be 0-2. Oh but that means you're going to have a number two team that's 1-1, one one, just like Sewanee was in their tournament. So they're both going to be sitting back hoping that the NCAA chooses them. But that is not a situation you want to be in. You would much rather just decide it on the field or in the ring, and then basically, you know, not give the selection committee much of a choice. But that's not how they do it, you know, to save money. They, they did it the way they did it. and so. There could be some, you know, second guessing of who gets selected. So anyway, um, the way this is going to work out, you know, basically they've set up a little popularity contest and they're hoping that the NCAA is going to pick, you know, them and maybe that'll work out, but we'll see. Anyway, on to the dual discipline tournaments. Um, First, actually, we're going to stay with the ECAC, but we're going to talk about these are the teams that do both Western and Jump and Seat. And uh, it's up at Delaware State. So we have a traditional six-team tournament going on here. We have the number one seed, SMU, and the number two seed, UT Martin. They're going to get quarterfinal buys. Okay, so that means that we've got our three-seed, Delaware State, playing our six-seed, Minnesota Crookston, in the first quarterfinal. All right? Now, I don't want to seem real pessimistic on the Golden Eagles' chances, but I really don't think they have much of a chance. Uh, Delaware State is a decent team. They've been in and out of the rankings throughout the year. Minnesota Crookston has not. Um, and so I, I just think the Hornets are going to advance here, probably by a lot of points. Um, so on to the other quarterfinal. I won't belabor that point much. Uh, we have over in the other one, we got the four seed UC Davis against the five seed South Dakota State. Uh, on paper, the Aggies uh, look like the better team. They just upset Fresno State two weeks ago, but I think the Jackrabbits will show up and at least, you know, kind of keep it close. I'm not sure who I picked in the preview article here, but I'm going to say that UC Davis wins it, but it's only going to be like by a point or two. So Jackrabbits are pretty tough. So Now, if this all happens, then that means that uh, UC Davis is going to turn right around and they will face the top-seeded SMU. Now here, I think SMU will have the big advantage. They have a lot of firepower on their roster, particularly on the jump seat side, and I think they're going to dominate whichever team advances. Um, in that other corner file, I think it's likely to be UT Martin against the host team, Delaware State. Now, the Skyhawks have been stronger all season. Um, I know the Hornets are at home and all, and that tends to kind of give you a big advantage, but 
I really think UT Martin is gonna is gonna beat them and advance. It's probably gonna be very close though. I think it's you know maybe a one or two point uh, uh, decision, but I think the Skyhawks are gonna advance. So if all that happens, then we're looking at a one versus two matchup uh, at a neutral site. Now, interestingly enough, these two teams, SMU and UT Martin. They met in exactly this situation, and it was at Delaware State. Now, UT Martin got the upset back then. I do not think that's going to happen again this week. Uh, I think the top-seeded Mustangs are going to get the win, and possibly a big one. They're riding pretty well right now. So, with that happening, uh, let's now look at the Big 12 tournament. The first semifinal here is one-seed Oklahoma State versus four-seed Baylor. I'm not excited by how Baylor Spring went. They beat South Carolina and UC Davis at home, but then not anybody else. So, and neither one of those teams is likely to finish in the top eight and, you know, get an invitation to the NCAA tournament. So, whereas Oklahoma State uh, just went on the road and they beat a very good Texas A&M team. So, they're looking really good. And and I think the Cowgirls are going to get the win and advance on to the championship. Now, in the other semifinal, we have two-seeded TCU going up against uh, three-seeded Fresno State. The Horned Frogs are the hottest team in the nation right now, um, and they're the only dual-discipline team that's been undefeated in the spring, and I am no dummy, so I am picking the Frogs in this one. Although I will point out that the talent gap here isn't very much between these two teams. A lot of this comes down to who's going to be riding well, and we just established that that's probably going to be TCU, so I think TCU wins here. Now, if all this happens, then we are looking at a TCU versus Oklahoma State final, uh, and it's going to be in Fort Worth. Oh, wait, let's talk about the the, um, consolation meet. So in the consolation meet, we're going to have Fresno State versus Baylor, more than likely. Uh, In that one, let's see, these two teams just uh, rode against one another, Fresno State. It was at Fresno State, and Fresno State won kind of big. I think they're still going to beat Baylor, uh, even though this one's at a neutral site. So I think Fresno State probably picks up the uh, Constellation win, and that's going to be really big for them in order to stay in that top eight to get into the NCAA tournament. So they really need to win one of these meets uh, uh, this weekend in order to be safe about their position. If they lose both of those and some weird stuff happens in the ECAC tournament, they might not get an invite. So we'll see. But anyway, back over to the championship meet. We've got TCU versus Oklahoma State, more than likely. Uh, and it's at TCU. So in the preview article, I picked TCU, but I'll tell you, honestly, this could go either way. Uh, TCU is hot, but Oklahoma State probably has more talent on their roster. It's just that recently they didn't ride their best against TCU, and TCU has been riding really well. So I'm going to pick TCU, but I'll tell you that it should be very, very close and very exciting. I mean, you know, it's for the conference championship. It should be exciting. So, Now on, we're going to go to the final conference tournament, and this is the one that I will personally be at, the SEC tournament, hosted by Auburn. Now, the action starts Friday morning. One seed Texas A&M is going to face four seed South Carolina. I am not holding out much hope for the Gamecocks here. Sorry. I know y'all are a fun bunch, and I'm sure you're going to bring a bunch of energy, but I'm not sure that energy is going to translate into points. Texas A&M has a little bit more firepower at the top of their lineup than uh, the Gamecocks, and then there's less drop-off of talent as you move down the lineup. So I'm just going to go ahead and say Aggies probably winning this one by four or five points, maybe more. So in the other semifinal, we've got two-seed Auburn facing three-seed Georgia. Now these two teams just met at the end of the regular season with Georgia really getting the better of Auburn a lot. 
Uh, but here, we're likely to see a reversal of that. Both teams are talented, but Auburn has more talent, especially at the top of the lineup. I don't know if you caught my loaded lineup article that I wrote for SI, but in the 20 uh, rider dream roster that I put together, there were five Auburn riders on that roster. And it wasn't just for favoritism. I mean, statistically, they just are good. And I might could have gotten one or two more in there if I had been, you know, really, you know, biased. But but anyway, all that to say, these riders are good, but they've got to show up and, and ride well in order to beat Georgia. They didn't do that three weeks ago, and they lost. But on Friday, I like Auburn's chances. I think they will get the win, maybe one or two points. Uh, it might be close, but I think they will get the win over Georgia uh, nonetheless. So if all that happens, then we're looking at Georgia versus South Carolina in the Constellation meet. And I think Georgia has this one. The Bulldogs are just better than the Gamecocks this season. And if it comes down to them against the other here, I think we're going to see Georgia win. Then. If Auburn and Texas A&M advance, we're going to have another one-seed versus two-seed conference final. And in this one, I like Auburn to win. And actually, uh, if Georgia were to advance over Auburn, I kind of think Georgia would beat A&M here as well. I, I think Georgia is getting better, and, and A&M might have hit their ceiling a little bit. So, And, and Auburn is kind of an up-and-down team, So, uh, but I think they're going to be up in front of their home crowd. So the keys for the win for Auburn, should they advance, uh, will be to do really well in the jumping seat. They probably aren't going to get a bunch of points in reigning, but that's okay because they are going to get a bunch of points in horsemanship. And so those two will cancel each other out. And so what you're really going to see is how do the Tigers do in fences and flat? And that's likely going to determine the meet. I think Auburn will do well. In fact, I think they're going to win uh, by more of a bigger margin in the final than they will have beaten Georgia in the semifinal. So hmm, we'll see. And if that does happen, then Auburn will be celebrating a fourth straight SEC title only this time, it will be at home where everybody could just walk on over to Toomer's Corner and roll some trees. Because, uh, again, you'll remember Auburn's last two SEC titles happened under COVID restrictions, so there was never really an actual rolling of Toomer's. But if they win this one, there almost certainly will be. We'll see. Um, and as you expect, I will be there. I will be giving uh, updates of all the SEC action, as well as keeping track of how the other conference tournaments go. So keep an eye out for me and follow along on Twitter for all that. Well, that's all for this episode. The next time I'll be doing another podcast, there will be some championships to talk about, and we'll be then uh, looking ahead to the national championships. I'm your host, Auburn Elvis. I thank you very much for listening, and War Horses. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode on the E2C Network. On your way out, I want to remind you to stop by E2Cnetwork.com. It's your one-stop shop for all our content across our podcast, YouTube channel, and much more. To stay up to date with us, make sure you're following social media accounts such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. While our content here may always be Auburn sports heavy, if it's orange and blue, it's what we do. War Eagle.